Well, all right. Let's keep it traditional and let's head to Luke chapter 2. I think we were here Sunday, but we'll, we'll find other things here. In Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Straightforward account of God becoming flesh, um, being born, Jesus being born here. And it's really, for the most part, it's the one we see in the movies, right? It's the one we, we know. Um, maybe the nativity set, right? Um, take the nativity set. Remove the wise men, because you know that's a thing of mine. They weren't there. (laughs) But, uh, you know, throw some dirt on those characters. Maybe take their Renaissance clothing and make it a little simpler. Uh, You know, maybe Mary might be a little younger than we suppose. In her teens, 15 perhaps, some would say. Maybe Joseph is a little older than we Suppose, but God became flesh and lived among us. And a handful of shepherds, Mary and Joseph, are the only ones that seem to really know about it at this point. Um, God, who created everything, became human flesh. To put it another way, perfect light came into our dark world. That's what will be considering later on when we use the candles there for our candlelight service, that God's perfect light came into our very, very dark and hopeless world. Uh, It was miraculous. It was humble. And it was amazingly gracious of God. So let's look at this passage that you all know very well. Chapter 2. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 1. We see that it was miraculous. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered or taxed. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. (coughs) So it was, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and lied him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. So it was miraculous. Now, the first part of this account here, we see there's a census. Um, And picture it, right? Caesar Augustus, the ruler of the Roman Empire. He's there in Rome, and he gets this idea. You know what? I need to know how many people are in my empire so I know how much money they should give me, (laughs) right? So a very selfish government kind of thing Caesar Augustus has this great idea to make everybody go back to their uh, hometown. This is miraculous, right? Because there's an issue. Mary and Joseph live in a town called Nazareth in Galilee. 
Nazareth. But Nazareth is not where the Messiah is supposed to be born. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says this, But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. So Micah, the prophet, lets us know that the Messiah, the Savior, is supposed to come from Bethlehem, the city of David, right? Well, again, there's a problem because Mary and Joseph are in Nazareth. Bethlehem is not the same place. And God says, well, how am I going to get them to Bethlehem? at the very moment that she has this baby, the Messiah. I know. I'll get Caesar to do it. And so Caesar goes, you know, I really like a new chariot. (laughs) How how do I do? Oh, I'll count everybody, and I'll just tell them to go back to their hometowns. Joseph's lineage came from Bethlehem. He was related to King David. And so there they go at the absolute worst time. She's about ready to have this baby. And God sends her to Bethlehem through Caesar. And it's amazing to see that even the kings of this earth can make plans. But God's still in control. In the very end, God is still in control. But verse 5 They're registered there, Mary and Joseph, and Mary is with child. Verse 6 lets us know that while they were there, her days were completed, and she has a baby. Now, we know the story, right? Jesus is born in Bethlehem, but we're reminded here that this is miraculous. Mary is a virgin. It's not the way it works, right? Virgins don't have babies, right? And yet the angel, Gabriel, came to her and said, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be with child of the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be born. You call him Jesus. God is our salvation is what that name Jesus means. And here we're reminded that she actually had the baby. It's a miracle. God did it. It's, it's, It's God's work. That's what's so wonderful about miracles. Not that God can do a miracle, right? You know miracles are no big deal for God. God can do anything. God can change anything. He's all-powerful. But the fact that God did it reminds us that it was his idea, and it was his work. And here, it's miraculous. It's God's work that the Savior of the world would be born. Now, notice here back in... Luke chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, that it was humble. He, Jesus is delivered in a stable, humble beginnings. Verse 7 lets us know he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now we can look at this at some symbolism, I'm sure. Swaddling clothes, it's kind of like the grave clothes that he would later have. But this is just the normal way that babies were taken care of in that day. Strips of cloth, you wrap the baby tight, make sure those legs get nice and straight, those arms get nice and straight, you wrap them tight. We still do this, right? I got really good at wrapping my babies, right? <laughs> All of them. Little baby burritos, you know what I mean? You just and and ever since then I could wrap a burrito too. You know? <laughs> you know, 
bottom up, then you put the sides and you tuck them in and the baby's just like this and they can't scratch themselves. They can't wiggle around. It kind of mimics the womb. They're comfortable. They're cozy. And Jesus came as an actual baby. He's at the whim of a teenage girl, though, at this point. I mean, let's just think about it. Mary's a wonderful person. Um, You know, uh, the angel Gabriel lets us know that she was highly esteemed among women, for sure. She's a great girl. But I'm just imagining that she made all the mistakes that every parent makes, right? Sometimes you wonder. It's just a miracle that our kids did okay, right? (laughs) The mistakes you make, "Mm, okay, next time we'll take them to the doctor first, you know? Um, Don't do that. Make a note. (laughs) But, you know, here's the creator of the universe, at the whim of a teenage girl, right? <laughs> Carried around, all wrapped up. And, and it's, it's humble, right? It's humility. But humility is what God shows us in the incarnation. Check this out. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 8. Place to go very often. Paul says this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So from that we understand that Jesus is not just part of God. He's not like God. He is absolutely the God who created everything. And verse 7 says this, He made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So how far did he go? Far. Um, I guarantee you, we will sing the song, Light of the World, (laughs) right? Here I am to worship. It just, to me, is the perfect song for this idea that light came in this dark world. King of all days. So highly exalted. Glorious, right? You you came down. You came way down. And that's what God has done for us. Uh, This Jesus becoming flesh is so humbling. It's miraculous and it's humbling. But he came into our darkness. And we look at the evening news. I don't recommend it, but we do it anyways, right? (laughs) You look at the news and you go, that's horrible what people are capable of in our world. Horrible. But the Bible is more specific than even that. Not only is everything out there horrible on the evening news, but check it out. What else is horrible is our own heart of self-righteousness. It says, well, I'm just glad I'm not like that, right? God looks at that and says, you know what, though? That's just as ugly, Man, the pride in our own hearts as we look at this dark world, just as ugly. Our hearts can be ugly when we're trying to do nice things, when we're upset because we don't get the thanks or appreciation that we think we deserve. When we're doing things to be seen, the Bible says that's just as sinful. So check it out. The truth of the Bible is that we're all in darkness. We're all messed up. And yet God came so low for us. We were dead in sin, 
And yet God came to save us. And his gift is so graceful. Now we say that word graceful. What a graceful gift you've given me. And the words are actually the same in the Bible. The word grace means gift. It's something that you can't earn, right? It's something that somebody just gives you because, well, they're nice. We don't deserve it. And so the gift of God is totally graceful. And we see that here in verse 8. We're almost done. Verse 8. Now there were, and picture it. This is great. There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. No kidding. (laughs) Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. All those who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So here we see shepherds. It's in the manger scene, right? The nativity set. The shepherds. Why shepherds, right? Um, easy costume, right? Let's get the, put the thing on your head. You're, Shepherd, you know? Um, no. <laughs> Actually, all ancient cultures despised shepherds. We look and go, oh, shepherds, nice job. Everywhere you look in ancient culture, shepherds are like the lowest of the low. They're like the get away from me, you smell bad kind of people, right? In all ancient cultures. And yet here, God shows up to them first. I love that. If you look in the Bible, by the way, God used a lot of shepherds in the Bible, right? Jacob, he was a shepherd. All of his sons, Shepherds, they became the nation of Israel, right? Moses, well, he wasn't a shepherd to start with, but God sent him to become a shepherd for 40 years to humble him, right? David, King David, he started out as a shepherd, right? So God takes average people, the lowest of society, and uses them. That's very gracious of him. And... And and here we see in verse 11, last place to focus on verse 11. I think verse 11 is one of the sweetest verses there is. For there is born to you this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Born to you, right? You know, as parents, you buy your kids stuff. And that becomes kind of part of the thing. You buy your grandkids stuff, maybe some of you, right? And you enjoy giving your kids, your grandkids, 
things. And you sit there on the couch and the paper's flying and whatever, you know. The little secret, you still like to see that to dad on it. You know what I mean? I still kind of get a little, oh, you know, I don't have to open mine. Okay, yeah, you know. I still love it. You know what I mean? And, and here we see verse 11. For unto you is, is born. What does it say? For, for there's born to you this day. To you. And that's the wonderful thing here. Jesus, the Savior, the Christ, the Lord, all those things. He's born to you. And God speaks to those average shepherds despised by everyone else and says, you know what? He's for you. And that's the wonderful thing of Christmas, that God has done all these things for us. We didn't deserve it. We can't earn it. It's a gift. And yet God says, I came for you. I did this for you. And and again, to get to our picture of light and darkness, God came into this dark world because he loves us. He came to save us. We were part of this dark world, and yet he came to us so far, right? It was miraculous, but it was humble and totally gracious of him. So, God, thank you that you did it for us. You came all that way for us. No good reason in ourselves. It's you. You love us just because you're good and you're great. You're wonderful. God, remind us of these things. We know Christmas isn't anything without Easter. It just doesn't mean anything without the fact that you died for us and saved us. God, remind us again of those things this year. God, as we go out and and just do a small thing, just sharing your love with people in our our community, God, just be blessed in that, that they would see you and your wonderful love for them. God, watch over us and keep us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.